This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Professional energy workers and neophytes alike will find palpable solutions to help you get to the root cause of physical and emotional pain. Humming for Health helps you unlock the valuable tools already within your body that will let it speak for itself about what needs to be soothed, balanced, and healed. Because humming releases endorphins that promote well-being and enhanced immune support, requires deep breathing that naturally reduces heart rate and blood pressure, increases nitric oxide in the sinuses to hinder respiratory illnesses, raises cellular oxygen levels to increase lymphatic drainage in the body's trach removal, stimulates the pineal gland to release melatonin levels and relieve insomnia. Strengthens your energetic auric field and protects you from outer negative influences. Utilizes sound energy to create a space for alignment and the potential of miracles. When you know how to hum in your body's musical key, you foster a more conscious, collaborative relationship with your body's natural healing processes. This book will teach you how to feel your voice move energy through your body as you discover your superpower. Valeria Tellis interviews Kathleen Nagy, the author of Humming for Health, Sound Tools for Physical and Emotional Balance. After 20 years of performing in symphony orchestras on French horn, Kathleen Nagy spent the last couple of decades as a bioacoustic research associate specializing in voice energy analysis and acoustic biofeedback for sports or muscle injuries. She was a member of the Board of Directors for Sound Health International of Ohio for four years, 2005 to 2009, and worked closely with Sherry Edwards the founder of Human Bioacoustics. Now, at the culmination of her life's work, she specializes in teaching you how to hum the sounds that are good for your body. She has also composed music for her French horn solo CD, Prayer Songs, which is available along with Kathleen's other sound healing products and services at her website. Meet Kathleen at thesoundlady.com. Here is the interview with Kathleen Nagy.
In your own words, who is Kathleen Nagy? Ah, well, Kathleen Nagy is a basically a teacher. I, I'm known as the Sound Lady. My website is thesoundlady.com. But basically, I teach about the restorative power in the human voice to trigger our body's self-healing systems for emotional and physical balance and self-empowerment. How did you discover that, Kathleen? Well, I'm, I'm a classically trained orchestral musician, retired. I played French horn and symphony orchestras for many years, and I taught music and directed groups and all of that. And basically, I play with sound. I, I just live with my ears. Um, mm. My eyes are kind mm-hmm. of there for helping me to get around, <laughs> not bump into things. But, <laughs> but mostly I live with, through my ears because the sound of someone's voice is so much more important to me than what they're wearing or what they look like or what color their eyes are. I, I just don't pay attention to those things. So sound is always something that I have played with. And I have used sound myself to heal things in, in my own body and just have to share this information with other people because you can use the sound of your voice. It's free. It's legal. <laughs> it's legal. <laughs> that's, it's, that's so true. <laughs> and it's like always with you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. There's something about sound that resonates with me. I mean, with everyone, I'm sure. But some people, they are more sensitive to sounds, and I am too. Very sensitive to sounds, especially when, when it has to do with healing sounds. Sometimes I hear some of those symbols. I think the Buddhist monks, they play with the symbols or, or bowl. Tibetan bowl? Yes, right. And there's and something. crystal bowl? Yeah. So that's something happens in the body that is, it's, I almost can't explain. It, it takes the mind to a different level, different thoughts. And it's just the most beautiful thing. It's almost like a, a journey in itself. So there's something about sound that's it's extremely healing. And I wonder why. What do you know about sound? Is that something that has to do with the fabric of life? Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's, you know, after all these years of doing it, I've been for, I played orchestrally for probably 20 years. And then for the last 20, 25 years, I've been working you know, with sound and healing. I forgot your question. The essence, the uh, yes. sound and essence of, of human okay, beings, so, of everything that, that there is. Yeah, I, I've got it down to three simple sentences that I, well, let me just give them to you. The first one is matter vibrates. I mean, I don't think anyone will argue with that. I, no, no one ever has. I mean, when you when you think about it, it's like, yeah, okay, matter vibrates. All right. So then the second sex, set, sentence is sound is vibration. And the third sentence is, therefore, sound affects matter. And that's just on the sort of, you know, very physical level in terms of frequency and vibration. But then you add intention to a sound, to the sound, and, and you're consciously using the breath to carry that sound. You know, everything just get the power gets amplified, you know, exponentially with an intentional sound, especially if you're using a very specific note to affect a very specific area of your body. Wow. That sounds like magic to me. (laughs) And uh, although it's not, it seems like it's very much something that it's um, 
kind of so simple and obvious that we mm-hmm. miss it, right? It's easy to miss. Right. We right. look at a table, we look at things that we touch, the body itself, and it doesn't seem to be vibrating, but it's we are not equipped to see the vibration. We can't really feel it either. But with the body, we can actually. It's, well, that's what right? I do with the voice. I, I help yeah. the, you learn how to move energy through your body with the sound of your voice. Wow. I have done Reiki before. Is that something that is, um, it's not sound really that they use. It's energy, isn't it, Kathleen? Because everything is energy, but different kinds of energies. It's it's soundless energy. Soundless energy, right, Reiki. Uh, And with our voices, we make sounds that actually vibrate the physicality of the tissues and organs of our body. Mm. That vibration brings oxygenation, it brings circulation, and it it brings whatever intention you have on that sound, you know, carrying into it. So it's very powerful stuff. Yeah, I agree. Even the sound of our voice when we speak to people, to other people, it's fascinating to see how they respond to the sound of a voice. Even when we are saying things that are uh, not as pleasant, (laughs) but if Mm -hmm. we use the truth, our truth, if we use the sound in a way that is healing, then it's easy, accepted, it gets through. So, yes, and and I think it the sound gets through sort of unconsciously. Mm, Um, You know, if yeah. When when you have a voice that is pleasant to listen to, that is have full of the spectrum of sound and all the notes and all the octaves, that type of a voice makes people instantly trust you. Mm. You you have this validity uh, just from the sound of your voice, and people won't understand why they're attracted to you. Right. But it could it's there's something in the sound of your voice that is so rich that you have that is missing in their voice, and they badly want. Oh, wow. They, they think they're attracted to you, but they're really attracted to the sound you're making. Mm, how <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> yeah. It's just unconscious. Yeah, it makes so much sense. I love what you do. I have too many questions here, <laughs> way too many. Let's see for the time. So you wrote the book, Humming for Health, Sound Tools for Physical and Emotional Balance. So when I I saw the, when I read the, the title of your book, those two words called my attention, emotional balance. I talked to you off record even about this just now. Um, how would you describe what emotional balance is, Kathleen? Emotional balance is being able to walk through chaos and remain calm. Mm. Emotional balance is not living a roller coaster of emotions intensely happy, intensely sad, up and down. Every little thing affects you and you have an emotion, a, a emotional response that's just like a switch that gets turned on. Emotional balance is, is um, having a control over uh, all of those, all that crazy feelings. There, there's a groundedness, there's a centeredness in you that is unshakable. That is physical balance. And I think they probably are emotional balance. They call it emotional intelligence, right, is is kind of the, the term that I, I you can correlate it to. Uh, some people have a high degree of intellectual intelligence, and some people have a high degree of emotional intelligence. I would think I would rather be emotionally intelligent because I would know who to trust, who not to trust, 
uh, how to navigate and maneuver difficult parts of your life with grace and ease. That's what emotional balance is. Wow. I love that word too, grace. Yeah. And is that something that we practice to get to that state or it comes naturally? I think both. I think it comes naturally and it can be developed by conscious, <laughs> consciously working with it. Um, being Not being afraid to be still, not being afraid to sit with a problem or a feeling, not, not being afraid to express it and, and to um, consider all the things that are going to happen once it's, once it's expressed. It, there's, yeah, it, it's um, being emotionally intelligent and being centered is something that you, well, one of the things that I teach is uh, uh, discovering your body's personal musical scale. And as you hum that musical scale and all the uh, glands of your body are res are responding to it, that is how you can build a balanced uh, emotional body that is not like over overbalanced in the heart chakra maybe and underbalanced in the I deserve chakra. Uh, you know there are there are ways to just kind of even it out and and have everything balanced. How do we do that? That's uh, I know we talked briefly off record, but how do we find out? Is that something that we needed to hire somebody like you, hire you to help us, or we can find on our own what our music scale is? Well, yes, um, I can certainly help people do that. That's one of the things that I you know have sessions uh, for online on Zoom. I help people do it, um, but. Basically, I mean, it's, it's in the book. If if you're musically inclined, if you have any kind of musical training, it's not hard at all. If you don't have any musical training, if you can't match a pitch, you know, with your voice, it's going to be a little bit harder. And those are the people that I, you know, do the sessions with. But even the people who who are musically trained and they just not they don't trust themselves. <laughs> so basically, it's the sound spectrum of our vo voice really is what lets us know what the key of our musical uh, key of our body is the musical key the lowest sound you can comfortably sing and this is not a sound that you can project loudly right because it's at the bottom of our range but it is a sound that you should be able to sustain without feeling your voice being stressed at all And if you close your mouth and hum that sound, if you just sigh down, mm -hmm, down to the lowest sound that you can make, and then uh, figure out what that note is. And there's a n number of different ways. There's applications you can put on your phone. You can sing into your phone and find out the name of that, that note. But once you identify that note, there is a predictable scale. It's a Lydian scale. It's a little bit different from a major scale, but there are seven tones that you will, once you hum that low note and you feel your root chakra vibrate, then I can give you a chart of what the other notes are going to be that's going to vibrate all the other major chakras. And and like, uh, so my, my voice, my key is the key of A flat. So the key of A flat or music in the key of A flat or music in the key of E flat will go really well with my speaking voice. Because those are the notes that I'm hitting most of the times, and the notes in those keys. 
this will really it's it's kind of experimenting with your voice, you know. And I I found this out by again by playing with sound, because when I was forty, I was diagnosed with asthma, and I hated taking those inhalers and and all those meds that made you real jittery. And so I I decided that if this these chakras were real, I should be able to find the note that vibrates them and feel them in my body. And so I went humming along and searching for those notes. And when I found them and I felt that root chakra vibrate after trying to imagine it for years, uh-huh. it was like, wow, these things are real. They're, they really exist. I can uh-huh. feel them. Uh-huh. And it takes your relationship with your body and your voice and your chakras and your hormones to a whole new level. Well, you're making me curious. <laughs> I want to find out <laughs> my own scale and then my husband's too. I, I talked to you about, about his too. I'll definitely talk to you off record about them. That's how I would like to try and see because it makes so much sense and I'm very sensitive to sound. And my right. husband, as I mentioned, he doesn't like the sound of his voice. So is that something that even people like him that doesn't identify with the voice or kind of rejects the sound, his own sound, can they, um, do you think that they would be open? Yes, because humming humming doesn't carry all of the stigmas of speaking and singing. Uh, humming is something we just do for ourselves and no one has ever been asked to perform a hum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never listened to anyone performing a hum. Yeah, so true. <laughs> so all of that judgment uh, is gone. And as uh, you hum, the notes of your uh, of your body's musical scale, just evenly. You, you hum the root chakra five times. You hum the sacral chakra five times. You hum the, the, the solar plexus five times. It's saying to the brain, pay even amounts of attentions to all of these places in my body. And you begin to fill in the empty spaces in your voice. And so your husband probably has some notes that are missing from his voice. And he, he may have a, a monotone, you know, type of voice. There's a way to, ex- and, and good for him that he doesn't like that. Because he can be much more expressive. He, he can branch that out with just very gentle mm. humming. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'll definitely share this with him <laughs> and let you know if he's open. Hopefully he is. <laughs> sure, sure. Let me ask you this open question. If life had one purpose, one purpose only, what would that be, Kathleen? To embody our divinity. Do you have any spiritual practices? Or oh, it sounds to me like what you do is a spiritual practice. Do you call it that? It is a spiritual practice, but, and, and, and I use sound and music because when I tried for years to meditate in silence, I would get lost. And uh, if I have a sound to hold on to or a sound to pay attention to, given how receptive I am to sound, uh, it just keeps me so much more focused. And so uh, I, my meditations are humming and singing the harmonics of my body and trying to your blocks and old stuck cellular memory uh, so that I am not being held back from living the life I was born to live by those unconscious in the background running you little programs that are just going just underneath our consciousness. We can't quite grab a hold of them and, and work with them. But with sound, you can bring them to consciousness. Because it creates movement and it will release those stuck energies. It, it really resonates with me, this, this practice. Um, another question I have for you. When it comes to 
living our potential. I hear that a lot. How do we know when we are doing what we are supposed to do here? Some call it purpose, like living the purpose, the dream. Is that something that always changes or, or there is a destination for purpose? Trusting your heart. Yeah. Uh, trusting your gut. Learning how to trust yourself. And after you've done some risky things and you've trusted yourself and you've trusted that your God has your back. And then you, and you get a, a history of experience that builds up so that you trust it more and more and more. That's how to go about it. It's a matter of listening to your intuitions, asking for help, and listening to receive it, being open and willing to receive it, and then to act on it because you trust it. You know, these these are very important steps, and you know, working with the voice, it just it gives you a sense of of your own self power that you didn't have before. You start when you start working with it consciously, and you realize the power of your voice. There's this whole wonderful cascade of things that happens. Uh, so so that self, the the increase in your knowledge of your self power through your voice gives you a, an increased sense of self esteem. Right, you walk a little straighter. You, you, you feel good about yourself, and and that self-esteem increases your self-love. Well, that self-love increases your um, your health. That the health increases your success and and your joy. Mm. It, it's just it's all of these things that can happen from just consciously working with the power and the sound of your voice. That's interesting. That when you say every time you say the word voice, I think about expressing our true self. So there's something about that. So it's almost like a metaphor, but it's not because it is a practice too, as you know. So that's very interesting how we are talking about a voice, a physical voice, a sound, but it also has to do with uh, spirituality, with bringing the true self into this reality. Yeah, our voice prints are as individualistic as our fingerprints. And so many of us um, hiding away or shying away from using our voice, from being who we really are. Well, that's why we have these conversations here and a lot more conversations and practices and uh, it goes on and on. And let me ask you a few questions about healing, open questions. What are some of the misconceptions about healing that we have, Kathleen, from your perspective? From my perspective, you know, I have been called a, a reluctant healer more than once in my lifetime. And I finally have figured out how to answer that question because I, I am a reluctant healer. I do not want to be called a healer. There's a whole lot of responsibility and goods and bads, you know, and that, that can go with that. But what, what I really truly understand, the truth of it is, I'm not doing any healing. It is the sound. The sound creates a space within which alignment is possible. I guide people to the right sounds so that they can align themselves with their own voices. I am not healing anything. <laughs> yeah, that's really the true definition of a healer. It's a guide. So it's somebody who guides us to healing. 
Thank you for saying that. Uh, I hear that over and over, and I, I love listening and hearing and publishing and promoting that idea because all healing is self-healing. So let me ask you this last open question. What is your idea or understanding of freedom, of liberation? Freedom, liberation. Yeah. Well, inner, outer, <laughs> there are different kinds, I guess. Freedom is, is, I mean, we all deserve to feel safe. We all deserve to be sheltered and fed, safe and secure. Uh, and you can't be free without safety. You have to first know that your basic needs are taken care of. And once you have that in your back pocket, uh, then you can really start to be truly free and be yourself. It, it's really difficult until you get to that safety place. So to me, yeah. safety first. Uh, so again, you wrote the book, Humming for Health, Sound Tools for Physical and Emotional Balance. Talk to me about the main inspiration and intention of writing your book. I have been trying to write this book for probably about 10 years. And I had different pieces of it in different places on my computer. But I didn't know who my audience was. And so I didn't really know how to couch it all. And I was <laughs> I was about to have a, uh, a reading with, with a medium uh, that I had never met before. And about three days before that meeting, I'm just hanging around my house here. I think I was watching television or changing channels or something. And I heard a man's voice as clear as can be in a very decisive tone say, write your book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm kind of looking around my living room and I'm yeah. the only one here. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, okay, I guess it's you. time to write the book. And it was a year ago, November, the pandemic, and I was around, you know, some of my thumbs. Anyways, well, that's, so I was able to um, pull it all together under the, because there's, there's so much to do with sound and healing. And it was hard for me to kind of hone in on uh, one topic that was going to include it all. And and humming was just the way in because it's something everyone can relate to. It's something everyone can do. You don't have to teach people how to do it. You don't need a degree from a university. It's just, it's natural to every human being. And as a sort of a practical mystic, I like to use systems that are already in place, even if they're unconscious, use them consciously uh, to amplify their effect. Yeah, what a beautiful work. Thank you so much, Kathleen, for doing what you do, uh, oh, for bringing this pleasure. to this reality. That it takes energy. <laughs> so instead of work, I say energy. So thank you for putting the energy into it. And so you work with um, individuals online, also in person, in person, online. Do you also work with groups and corporations? Well, I um, I have worked with groups also. I, I used to have a studio and I did you know individual sessions, but the pandemic did away with all of that. And I started doing everything online because it's just, I have to hear people and I can do that on a Zoom call and, and see them to work with the sound. Now I work most, I, I do have, do group classes 
and I've but I find I'm really best one on one uh, because in a group uh, there is sometimes people who can't get their questions answered, who can't get the attention that they deserve, and and that always bothers me. So I, I really either work with very small groups of four or five people or individuals uh, because that one on one people will tell you more than and they will than they will in a group of people of strangers. After a while, the group, you know, starts to trust each other and, and it opens up into that. But uh, I like to kind of get down to that sooner than later. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's easier yeah. to do one-on-one. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, I'll have your website linked on the podcast profile so the listeners can book the sessions. I know you have... Your website offers that. I think at the first page, I've seen that. So I'll have the link here. And there's another topic that I would like to ask questions about, which we talked about the chakras and the creating your music scale. And you can help them, people to do that, which is wonderful. The other topic is about nitric oxide. So talk to me about the relationship between that and humming. How are they connected? Right. Well, back when the coronavirus first were discovered in the early 90s and and mid-90s, there were actually studies that were done on humming. And there is a study that's uh, on the National Institute of Health's uh, webpage, and it's called Humming Inhibits the Replication of Severe Coronavirus Syndrome. And basically, nitric oxide, it was, it was like the uh, molecule of the year yeah. <laughs> when it was discovered in, in, in 1992. And in 1998, there was actually a Nobel Prize mm. that was awarded in physiology and medicine uh, for discovering nitric oxide's role as a, a cardiovascular signaling molecule. So the health of the heart could be uh, understood from the levels of of nitric oxide, and that was important work. But the most important study was the one that that talks about nitric oxide inhibiting the replication of severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus. The study measured how simple humming increased nitric oxide in the nasal passages and sinuses. So um, these are the tissues where the coronaviruses and, and any viruses basically linger for a couple of days while they're kind of setting up shop before they start to damage, you know, the other tissues of our body. But humming greatly increases nitric oxide. And I know it sounds too simple. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the hard part about this. It sounds so simple. But I could teach you very quickly how to do that and how to drain your sinuses by humming the right note, and you would instantly become a believer. But the tissues where the coronaviruses, you know, get infected first are the sinus passages. So um, even though it sounds too simple, it can kill coronavirus infections in our sinuses and nasal passages before it can wreak havoc on our lungs and throats. The American Journal of Respiratory and Critical Care Medicine published an article in 2002 uh, uh, about humming. Another study in 1995 uh, published in a natural medicine journal finds it together with the well-known bacteriostatic effects of nitric oxide. Uh, There's a role for nitric oxide in the maintenance of sterility in the human paranasal sinuses. So you can can sterilize your sinuses by humming. (laughs) Wow. 
<laughs> and it feels so good too. I love humming. Right. It's a self-soothing, something we do to soothe ourselves, but we, we do it unconsciously. So do it consciously, right? It, it, the sinuses are reservoirs for this nitric oxide. It, 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 it was even found that humming for an hour a day, four days in a row, stopped crinus, chronic sinusitis. That's amazing. That, that people have had for lifetimes. It's wow. really powerful. Yeah, very much sounds like. In your book, you have that. There's a section, how to mm-hmm. hum to create more nitric oxide in your sinuses. So the book has the techniques. There's another one uh, that is called immune support humming technique. So you have lots of techniques there on this. Again, thank you so much, Kathleen, for exposing this knowledge so we can use our sound in a more intentional way, conscious, as you say, way. There's another section in the book that you talk about mantras. Are they toning, I think, uh, toning mantras, two different sections. The one that caught my attention was the mantra about we can create our own mantra, one thing that's something you said in the book, and also the forgiveness. There's a forgiveness chant under that, and also that you created one that's um, there will always be enough mantra Mm -hmm. that has to do with prosperity. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me for a moment about that mantra. Yeah. And then let it go. Yeah. So mantras are very powerful chants. Mostly people will, will chant a mantra over and over again. Mantra is not usually in English. <laughs> it's usually in, in ancient, you know, language. But the even if you don't know what those ancient words mean that, that you're that you're chanting, those words have gained an energy over thousands, thousands of years of being chanted and the intentions that were, you know, poured into them. So you can get the benefit from those sounds by chanting them. Uh, I've just found a way to kind of ratchet that up <laughs> another level by using your own words. I mean, mantras uh, are used even by psychiatrists and, and psychologists to help people break addictions. Those looping, you know, phrases that go in your mind, like, I didn't deserve that. Oh, I'm not good enough for that. Or I'm not you know, I can't do that. Or I'm no good. Or I'll never amount to anything. All of those things that are in stuck, you know, that were implanted in our psyches in a time that we didn't, we didn't have the strength to fight them off. We can change those with a mantra. So it, I, I like to work with people to, to identify where the weaknesses are, right? What, what is the, what is the thing that we need to change? And then have them write in their own words, a really simple little statement. And then we can, uh, you know, just just saying that statement will will be powerful. But let's sing that statement in the key of your body's music, musical scale. Let's sing. Let's sing that. I deserve um, mantra. The little song that we're going to make up with the notes of your body's musical scale around. Let's say your solar plexus, which is all about your personal power. So let's take your solar, your personal solar plexus note and create a little mantra in that key using that note and play it over and over and over again. And it will wipe out, it will recalibrate any of those old thoughts and make them now harmonious. Yeah, it goes back to the idea of balance, harmony, balance. Yeah. Um, Yes, harmony, (laughs) balance. I I have a let it go mantra too on, on my CD prayer songs with the, the with the forgiveness chant. There, there will always be enough. 
And that let it go. That one really was the one that gave me the understanding about the power of a mantra because I was really obsessing mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't get this person out of my mind. Yeah. And I knew there was no logical way I could be with this person. Yeah. And so I said, I, I got to stop it. I, I was married. I had three kids. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. But, so I started, uh, I wrote myself a little let it go mantra. And I, as I sang it and recorded it and listened to it, I noticed after a couple of weeks when the thought of that person came into my mind, I would hear the song play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it would just wipe out the, the other feelings. Yeah. And I said, hmm, these mantras, these are powerful things. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's interesting. A lot of these um, healing practices and techniques, they have to be experienced Right, Kathleen, in order for us to believe, that's so interesting how the mind works. And I'm very much a do-it-yourself kind of person. I haven't read a lot about any of this stuff. It's Mm. all been personal experience for me. Yeah, I love that, direct experience. That's the, to me, it it transcends knowledge. Now we're talking Mm. about wisdom. That's like inner wisdom. It's uh, inner knowing. It's, It's very different than just knowing something from reading. Listening mm-hmm. from others, although that helps too. <laughs> We're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But there's another one, something else that caught my attention in your book, where you say the best instrument for playing and singing harmonics is the French horn. <laughs> and I wondered why. <laughs> why is it? I know you explained there, but talk to me for a moment about that. <laughs> well, I'm a French horn player, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, um, the French horn, well, first of all, the sound of the French horn, I've never met anyone who didn't like the sound of the French horn, right? It, it, it has this beautiful sound. So that's all, that's a, attracting uh, people already. But as we play the horn, we're, we're blowing into the mouthpiece with our mouth and we have our hand in the bell of the horn. And that energy is going right through the horn and going right back into our hand and right back into our body. And if we're aware of it and if we're paying attention to it, right, that is increasing exponentially the power of that sound. And there really aren't any other instruments where you can actually use, uh, what I do is I play a note on the horn and I sing a note into the horn at the same time. And that creates this huge harmonic chord. Uh, so I, I, this is an instrument where I can use the sound of my voice coupled with the sound of the instrument to create these fabulous harmonics into the horn and back into my body. So you become a feedback loop. Mm, yeah, it's a loop, right? But, you know, that makes me think about love because love is that this dynamic of giving and receiving. That's what mm-hmm. the description yeah. of love would be. Right. So, so you become the transmitter and the receiver. Wow, fascinating. <laughs> I love even the way you speak about these things. Of course, I love the sound of your voice and how you speak about these, uh, the instruments, music, and your relationship with them. It's, it's beautiful to hear. So I have a few more questions, the ending questions. Before that, would you like to add anything else or read a passage in your book, Kathleen? Sure, I would like to read a passage from my book. It's called, uh, Why is Knowing Your Personal Chakra Scale Helpful? Your chakra energy wheels connect to your glandular system. Once you know your chakra notes, you can energize the glands of your endocrine system. Now, I come to this endeavor from a very different perspective than a yoga master or meditation master. I'm a sound master. My approach is very different from your grandfather's chakra imaginings or visualizations. I'm not going to ask you to imagine your chakras. I'm going to help you feel your chakras vibrating with a sound that you make 
with your voice. I'm going to help you hum. Feeling your chakra centers will help you begin a relationship with these now very tangible energy wheels. When you hum your chakras, you'll experience cause and effect through your voice and your sensations. It takes chakra meditations and clearings to the next level and helps to integrate their usefulness into your consciousness on a very practical, physical level, as well as on an emotional, mental, and spiritual level. I see chakras as our body's emotional energy cellular distribution system. The point is that our emotions turn hormones on and off. Emotions live in our emotional etheric energy space about three or four inches out from the body. Emotional energy or or frequency is literally distributed into our cells. Now, chakras are etherically connected to major glands that produce hormones that regulate metabolism, fight-or-flight response, bone and tissue growth, sexual functions, bonding, blood pressure, immune system, waking up, falling asleep, and more. Once you know your personal chakra notes, you begin to have some control over these systems by humming your notes, since humming your chakras activates your emotional energy cellular distribution system. Chakras are like the hardware that the body uses to distribute its emotions into its cells. Learning your body's personal chakra scale notes and your body's musical key will balance your emotions and calm your nerves for relief of anxiety, PTSD, insomnia, and depression. You will experience firsthand your chakras actually vibrating because the sound spectrum of our individual voices reveals the musical key to which our bodies are tuned. You don't have to believe anything I'm saying about this. You will experience this vibrating yourself, and you'll know it's true because of your firsthand physical, tangible experience of it. The subtle vibration helps to release stuck cellular emotional memory from the cells of your body that could be causing you pain and sleepless nights. When strong emotional energy is not carefully processed at the time it happens, it lies stagnant in our cells, in a place in our body that's somehow connected to that same strong feeling. Energy can't be destroyed or deleted. It can only be changed. That strong emotional energy that we didn't have the time to process at the moment, or that we didn't know how to process, or that we didn't have the support we needed to process, gets deposited somewhere in our body and it languages, languishes and causes a disharmony that eventually becomes a kind of pain. Our emotions, conscious or unconscious, owned or stuffed, are distributed into our cells by our chakras. If a memory of a traumatic feeling gets stuck in our cellular memory, over time it could become diseased, diseased. That is why some aches and pains just keep coming back. If we have tried everything to heal a part of our body and it only works for a while, and then it comes back over and over again, it could be that the injury is rooted in an unconscious emotional memory. You can't fix something in the physical plane if it was initiated in the emotional plane. So when we vibrate our chakras with the proper frequency, it realigns that old cellular memory that is no longer serving us 
so that it vibrates more in harmony with our system. The sound creates a space at the cellular level that allows for realignment. Sound gets to the root of the problem and allows your body to adjust and heal from the emotional trauma, sometimes even without having to re-experience the memory. What a wonderful invitation to all of us <laughs> to try this. Um, yeah, it resonates true. Thank you so much again, Kathleen, for doing right. this work. And my final questions, three questions I think I have here for you. I have too many, but I, I selected three of them. What is another word for life? Another word for life? Yeah. Journey. What do you love most about being in a human body? the senses oh wow i mean that's why we came here we came here to play to, embody, to get out of to get into a physical body to smell to taste to touch to feel to love so true i mean it really sounds true it's lovely and i know it's, a, it's an idea but it really sounds true and my last question is what are three things you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body before they die Safety, a feeling of being safe, a knowing of their own divinity, and a knowing that we can create our own lives and that the universe is set up to help us thrive. Mm. Yes, a billion times to that. Thank you so much again, Kathleen, for what you do and how you do it, the grace behind it all in the dance, the grace and the dance of being yes. a human body the way you do. Thank you. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Well, the, the webpage is thesoundlady.com. Uh, Facebook is The Sound Lady Boston. YouTube. I'm just starting up my own little live stream of YouTube on YouTube. I started last week with teaching people how to hum their sinuses. Um, that's uh, YouTube. Uh, it's just Kathleen Nagy is my YouTube channel. Uh, and there, there's a place on the front page of the website that says schedule your free consultation. So if people come to the website and they see the, the different courses, you know, that I offer and they can't decide uh, if they need it to if they need a personal session, if they want to do the do-it-yourself version, schedule a free 20-minute consult with me, and, and I'll go through it all with you. Uh, it sounds great. I'll have the link on your podcast profile, too, as I mentioned before. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Kathleen. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Kathleen Nagy and her work, please visit thesoundlady.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.